0: Gentlemen, welcome to episode 111 of the MTB podcast, presented and hosted by Worldwide Cyclery. I am Jared.
1: I am Jeff. And I'm Liam. And in this intro, we're not going to talk about Jared's cat. Too late, you just did. Instead, we are going to discuss (laughs) lots of new mountain bike products because it is springtime and that's typically what happens in the mountain bike world in springtime and... Listener questions. Got a lot of good ones ranging from should I drill holes in my frame to bypass headset cable routing, swapping brake pad compounds, and everything in between. It's actually some really good ones in here. Yeah. Uh... Yeah, I'm excited.
0: Before you continue about any like you know cat slander, mm-hmm. there's been a an overwhelming amount of feedback from the community uh, requesting more bean content. Um, so I just thought I'd throw that out there before we you know continue.
1: Bean, bean, oh, Jared, cat. the cat. Yeah, bean well, the cat. You can well. plug the cat's Instagram if you like.
0: All right, cat's Instagram is going in the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to, if you want more bean content. All right, we'll make the sound you.
1: of bean. Meow. <laughs> Or if she's really happy, she goes, <laughs> do you think she would like Yeti's new bike?
0: Oh yeah. I think she would, uh, because you know, she seems like more of a playful cat, 27, five wheels kind of suits her vibe. You know, the, <laughs> and for, if you, if you didn't get was what Jeff was going for, he's talking about the new Yeti SB 135.
1: The first new mountain bike product we're talking about. Yeti released a 27.5 bike, 27, inch wheels, 27, 27.5. 275 ain't right. dead. It ain't 135 millimeters of travel in the back. And then what do they put on the front of that? 150, 150 and right? normal
2: yeah. 160 and lunch ride build spec. Mm. Yeah. Pretty sweet bike. It's pretty Hang cool. On. RAC came on. So we're picking back up, uh, yeah, 160-mile travel up front on the lunch ride spec, 150 on normal spec, Yep. Uh, SP135. It gets all the frame updates that the rest of the line got earlier this year. Well, I guess that was last year. Oh, uh, yeah. it was. But for model year 2023, like the new cable routing, SRAM UDH, new Switch Infinity, better um, linkage, um, suspension b- linkage yeah, updates. Yeah, better, better linkage and
1: hardware. Yeah. Looks really good. Yeah. It, is, it is no doubt one of the best 27.5 bikes you could possibly buy if that is your thing. And sure. maybe
2: one of the only full 27.5 bikes you can yeah, buy Yeah, there, there's time.
1: a lot less of those these days. I don't a, lot think. Of, a lot of brands have stopped making like high-end level 27.5 I bikes.
2: I don't know if any of the big brands do. I don't think Specialized does. I don't think Trek does. They might still make a remedy in 27.5, but that I might be Mullet. Yeah. Santa Cruz doesn't. Yeah. It's a, it's a well, fading, the fading thing for the new bike, But that doesn't really... Not full 27.5. I think so. No, Molitor two 2.9. Oh. 20, Santa Cruz does not make a 27.5 front-wheel bike. Hmm. Yeah. It's wild. Shocking. But Yeti does. Yeti so if does. that's your thing... Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm talking and about. And I actually actual saw bike. a comment, you know, I'm not a big comment person, but someone said, uh Yeti's build kits are... Pricing is coming back down to earth. So yeah. <laughs> it might be in reference to the specialized that came out today for twelve thousand yeah. dollars without a dropper post or a motor. Yeah, I saw one that was like uh, the
1: specialized making a Yeti look like a steal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Yeah, so. I mean, I think the 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 smaller brands have a lot more agility when it comes to changing their pricing. Yeah. So when a brand such as Yeti realizes they need to change pricing because of inflation and industry conditions, they can do it quite swiftly. Mm-hmm. Whereas, yeah, those larger brands have a lot more tied up stuff going yep. on so yeah definitely yeah it's cool yeah and that's not just exclusive deity there's a whole bunch of other smaller boutique mountain bike brands that have kind of been like okay well a lot of this shenanigans and turmoil is over and they're pulling pricing back to reality yeah yep. back down to earth as some people would say yeah it's a good thing yeah it is a good thing i like to see that the other product the Wolftooth remote pro pro mm. Yeah, that so the original Wolf Tooth dropper post remote, man, we've talked about that a lot. I've had it on all my bikes for years. I yeah. made a YouTube video on it ages ago, and it's just a really good dropper post lever. And they seem to have improved it. Uh, I just fiddled with the one on your bike, Liam. I didn't really get a chance to properly test it yet, but looks it looks cool, new and improved. I don't know what what do you got to say?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's you know, it's almost like a product they didn't necessarily need to improve because it was still one of the best on the market, but... Yeah. Um,
1: it was quite perfect as is. It was it quite was perfect, but... Seed uh, in the USA, smooth, sealed bearing. Yeah. I mean, it, was, it was good. So
2: what they did is they kind of changed the way the thumb lever mounts to the body. Um, so instead of kind of bolting on with that kind of breakaway piece like they had before, it now kind of mounts the way the old SRAM mechanical shifters used to. And you can adjust where the lever sits... I'm going to say
1: under the bar. Mm-hmm.
2: that makes sense? Like the angle. The whatever, angle
1: of yeah. it. You can adjust that. I think they say 48 degrees. Yeah, that is cool because some people do like that lever to sit further. Actually, that's one of the things you and I totally don't agree yeah. on is you like the lever to be further under the bar mm-hmm. and I like it to feel kind of more similar to where the shifter lever is. Mm-hmm. Well, um, you so like, It's cool that it's adjustable now. You
2: like the downshift or the other shift lever where I like it to be on the
1: up yeah, shift, yeah, or the, you're saying. the yeah. other shift Just different positions. Yeah, so. Which is why you really liked the one up remote. Yeah, and I really like that Wolf Tooth remote. But now the Wolf Tooth Remote Pro is adjustable. And it sits basically
2: where I want it. Um they also changed the way the cable routing goes and it kinda goes over an ovalized cam, which increases leverage ratio. So now there's not a Wolf Tooth remote and light action remote like they had. This one basically is a light action remote, so should work with a lot more posts on the market as well because some of them have higher leverage ratios that are needed to pull the cable or lower. So yeah, not solid and uh, made in the USA. I think it's a $70 price point and um, – follows wolf to right to repair so you can buy individual parts on the website as well if you break something
1: yeah that was pretty cool i noticed that was the first thing i noticed when i saw the packaging for those things there's a big right to repair printed right on the yeah. side of the box for that lever and i was like wow cool so all the individual parts and yeah it's a dropper lever that if you happen to break it some somewhere or another you can buy individual parts to yep. repair it it's pretty cool Yeah, it's nice good on Wolftooth. yeah
0: i mean like you said it's kind of hard to see where they could have improved that but mm-hmm. if they made it work better across the board with other dropper posts i think that's the only yeah. really way they could have done that
2: and, and th- adjustability yeah, yeah. And adjustability true and i that's think nice they said feature. they're still going to make the other ones they're just going to drop the price point on them so nice yeah awesome that's good news too
1: never hurts to have more good options for dropper post levers
2: true true
0: what else do we have? Ooh, the new Kush Core. That's kind of exciting too. Kush Core Trail. Kush Core Trail.
1: Kush Core Trail. So for yeah. those that don't know, Kush Core is a tire insert. Uh, tire inserts kind of blew up in popularity five years ago, seven years ago, maybe even. I th- I'd say they blew up three to four. Three to four. Yeah. Yeah, and Kush Core pretty much led that pack. I think yeah. Um, there's a lot of competitors out there now, but Cushcore is still kind of the dominant one and and led the pack with those things. And it was cool. I mean, it was a way if if you ever you know had any issues with denting your rims when you were riding your bike, you could toss a instead of, you know the instead of putting a whole bunch of air in the tire and putting too much PSI, you could just put a Cushcore in there and then bam, all of a sudden you didn't dent your rim, didn't really add that much weight. Um, little little cumbersome to was an install, but all things tires kind of are. And yeah, tire inserts definitely became really popular. And then since then, CushCore has come out with various different models and now yet another one,
2: the Trail. Mm.
1: So they have
2: what they call the CushCore Pro, which was the original. Then they came out with the CushCore XC, which is a much more pared down version. Mm -hmm. Um, And now sitting between the two is the CushCore Trail. But they didn't just like make the sizing between the two, which they did, but they also added some more features they added some flutes to help better channel air and sealant around um, as well as, I think they call them flutes as well on the side. But essentially, I, I used to feel this on the Pro and I used to actually not run the Pro for this reason is it was so big and I actually don't weigh that much that I would feel the edge of the Core Pro when I was cornering
0: mm-hmm.
2: and it kind of gave me a weird feeling on the sidewall. So I've just been running the Core XC on anything I would need to insert on. Um, downhill bike, e-bike, even some trail bike wheels. Um, but now the Cushcore Trail, these flutes on the side are supposed to give it more flex and kind of a better like sidewall feel. So it comes in like in between the weight and everything. So yeah, yeah, it's a nice kind of in-between option. It's probably great for most people. Yeah. Most people probably ride a little bit too much for the XC or not quite enough for the pro. So
1: yeah, it might end up being CushCore like overtaking their top selling product because it does have the most applicable amount of riders. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, cool. yeah, Cool yeah. new good product.
2: Been riding one on the e the bike and haven't dented a rim. So. Nice. That's good. Nice.
0: Yeah. yeah, I think I got to try one of those. I actually have never run an insert before. Have you, Jeff? You haven't? No, I never have. No. What? Yeah. You've
1: definitely damaged some wheels. You seem like a pretty good candidate <laughs> for them. <laughs> And why it's, not, though? That seems like something you would try.
0: I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I just, I, I don't know. Something about adding more weight to my tires I just haven't wanted to do. But As
2: he's running downhill casing tires. I took them off. I, I took those off, say. actually. No,
0: I have the regular you not really AXO a weight Plus. weenie. I know. It
2: sounds like you're a closet weight but weenie. <laughs> the, the Cushcore XC is like 100 grams, dude. Yeah, I mean the
0: XE I would definitely try.
2: Like, still too heavy for, sure. for me.
1: But for someone who's not a lightweight, <laughs> so you have yet to declare if you have tried them or not. No, you would, you because you wouldn't. I've they never weigh too put much. them on my on my main bikes because yeah. of that exact reason. I yeah. just I don't know. I, I don't have a an issue with denting rims at my height and weight, which is not very much. And um, yeah, just never really yeah. needed needed that solution. Um, but a lot of people have, and you yeah. know, inserts have gotten really popular because of it.
0: I think these are the ones I'll, so. I'll probably give a go. We'll see.
1: Yeah. If you dent, if you dent rims, you know. Well, if they're good enough for Jared to try, then... Yeah. Yeah. It's also, I mean, so aside from denting, if you're riding carbon rims and you're concerned about protecting your investment, mm-hmm. this is the yeah. best way to do yeah. it. I actually definitely.
0: saw uh, someone else in the comments say like, it was one of the best things they ever did to their hardtail was put cush mm-hmm. core in it because it yeah. helped like damp oh, yeah, the ride definitely. much more. Yeah, mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, that actually is an interesting point I tail. never really considered. And yeah, I would. Yeah. But also the part of the thing I love about it is how quick and easily it spins up because I have the bird wheels on it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, then I have these light wheels just to just add another you know 150 grams to the to the rotational mass but whatever if it actually improves the ride like that much like people say then it's it's probably worth yeah
1: because then you can run lower psi on the back there too yeah and not have like not have the downsides of that
0: yeah for sure, sure. I, yeah i mean i already run like 20 psi front and rear and that's pretty pretty solid
1: yeah. I mean, if, if you're one of the riders who is notoriously denting or breaking rims, tire inserts absolutely should be something you consider trying. Or if you really just want to, you know, preserve the investment of your rims. Yeah. Uh, tire inserts are great. And is kind of the, the leading brand with tire inserts. For sure. Speaking of tires. Oh. More tires. Uh, Maxis came out
2: with both a max speed compound. Which is different from the previous 3C max speed. I was going to so say, didn't confusing. they have one already? Yes. Um, more, you know, common theme and tires. <laughs> yeah, is to, is, yeah, common theme and <laughs> tires. Is expect anyone to figure this stuff to out? To confuse like, everyone. They did have max speed? Um, I swear they did. I yeah. Had that. Uh, yeah. So now it is just a single compound max speed. I guess they used kind of some stuff they found out on the road side of things and infused it into XC tires. So the max speed compound is now found on. Icon, Recon Race, Aspen, and the new Severe Mud Tire, which also came out today. Hmm. So it's supposedly a claimed twenty-five percent less rolling resistance than previous uh I don't know if that's previous three C max speed or previous Just 3C dual or, compound. Okay. Because Aspen and Recon Race were only available in dual compound. Okay. But they claim it's twenty-five percent less rolling resistance of one of those two. Um and it's you know super grippy and you know Max's rubber and compound and hmm. casing that we've loved most relevant so.
1: for light trail bikes and XC bikes for the rider who wants the most traction and the best rolling resistance efficiencies. Correct. I mean, like XC, only put trail you. in that category. Honestly, it's and
2: definitely those heavily XC. Yeah. yeah. Um, already has World Cup wins and a World Championship on that rubber.
0: The Severe or no, or just that that yeah. compound, yeah. And the
2: Severe might actually also have some World Cup wins because the XC team sponsored by Maxxis has been running that all season. Mm. The Severe is just a new mud tire where like kind of the forecaster was that, but now they bumped the forecaster into an actual trail tire. So this Severe is like the new mud tire for that. It comes in a 225, so it clears a lot of mud. Mm-hmm. And yeah, if you live in a muddy area and you race XC, might be up your alley.
0: Yeah. Are they still going to make the
2: old Forecaster? I don't
0: know. Hmm. Two different tires, two different tread I, Same I, tire,
1: I, <laughs> two different tread patterns. I, ha- I have a, a tip oh. for people out there that are perplexed by the enormous amount of tires out there. Uh, tip number one. You can't really go wrong with Maxis. They make amazing tires and they have a width compound tread pattern for everyone in every use case. Mm-hmm. Uh, tip number two is we have personally put in a huge amount of effort into demystifying all these tires with various tons of YouTube videos and articles, which are worth looking at and digging into. And if you want the quickest and easiest way, uh, on our website, on the Worldwide Cyclery website, everything is default sorted by best selling, whether you search it or you go to that category. And when it comes to tires, there's a ton of volume and data that's determining what is ranked in what order. So if you want to figure out what other people are buying and essentially probably the most commonly used one, uh, just go to our tires collection and choose your uh, desired diameter and width and the top four results can't go wrong yeah. because those top four results are selling by far and away more than the other ones because they're the most commonly used.
0: Well said. But But that one video we did was great with that graph showing like the rolling
2: speed. Yeah. It was the best
1: tire combos. Yeah, Yeah. That was the video that I think was really good. Yeah. Because, because that went for, it it just kind of more explained, you know, it didn't go over Max's entire product lineup, which we've done in a different video, but the tire, our favorite tire combos video, we kind of just said, Hey, these are our favorite tire combos, specifically the models. And for the application, yeah. and tried to make it as clear and concise as possible. Yeah. So that's the video that I have sent the most people when I get <laughs> Instagram DMs or various messages, and they're like, well, "What would you do for this?" I'm like, "Hey, check out this video I made." <laughs> like, hey, check out this video. Man. Old high school friend, hey, what would you do? Just check out this video I made. <laughs> <laughs> Your best friend, hey dude, I don't have time for this. I joke. would definitely, I would, <laughs> I would do it to any best friend. Yep. yeah
0: but I mean, you're like, it's, it honestly is, yeah, it depends on your situation and your trails and your bike and everything.
1: Yeah. And it's one of those things. Yeah. Exactly right. It's all situational. Uh, but also, if you want to know kind of exactly what, you know, we would do in any given situation, that's in that video specifically. Yeah. Max's tire combos. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Uh, all right. Look, a couple last little things here suspension related, Push Industries, which is the, uh, Colorado-based suspension company. Well, for quite a long time, it was just a rear shock company. They yep. made these uh, incredibly high-end, extremely adjustable, custom-tuned rear shocks known as the Eleven Six. 6 And now they have released a fork. Yes. Semi-released a fork. Sort of. Yeah. Teasing, Teasing a fork. Yeah, I
0: haven't seen any details There aren't details, it. and
2: they're not explaining details. So also, all these products are coming out this week because sea otters this week, yeah. and it's a common trade show to kind of release products for the spring. Uh, push has released this fork to the public with no details saying they are not answering questions at Sea Otter. No way. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and, it, on, and it will guys. be behind Ridiculous. glass and no one can push or feel it. No way. Yes. I wonder if there's
0: anything inside of it. There's nothing. Well, there's
1: it. already a video of people riding it. Oh, so I yeah. <laughs>
0: and,
2: and, and they And they said the fork is currently in production, but you know. Oh, who knows, but Just well, the big us. story
1: here is it's an inverted fork. Yep, yep. Uh we talked about inverted forks on the podcast a while back. It's obviously the only fork design that's being used on any type of motorcycle and uh it's been here and there in the mountain bike world many times, but it doesn't seem it doesn't seem as if until recently anyone has been able to really truly make an inverted fork compete when it came to how much it flexes and its cost. If they can always and make them perform better in its overall weight and yeah, sorry. And yeah. weight too. So, but it's, it's coming, coming, coming down to the wire with these inverted forks. It, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if in five years, everyone was making inverted forks for mountain bikes. Cause if they yeah. can get the, the price point and the flex and the weight all in line, um, then they're gonna then they're gonna perform better. So yeah, and it's slowly starting to happen. Uh, I've been riding that Intend fork. Intend is that uh, super boutique, bougie uh, component brand out of Germany, and that thing's inverted. And my God, is that a good fork? Yeah, uh, it's a little bit of an unobtainium, but <laughs> for most people, even us, somehow <laughs> we we got one. Uh, thanks to this podcast, and thanks to the cool guys at Intend. Uh, but yeah, now push has got one and while we have no details, we have no idea what the, how much it's going to cost or how much it weighs, but it's slowly starting to happen. Inverted forks could be very well a thing.
0: Yeah. It's cool to see. It's cool to see some sort of innovation if you want to call it that, or just new product development. That's not just the same old fork in a, in a different wrapping. Um, but it's pretty exciting, honestly. I mean, if you could imagine a bike, obviously the 11 six is amazing. And then if they have the. Same level of performance with the fork. I mean, it's kind of... Yeah,
1: Yeah, an 11.6 is positioned unique as a rear shock because they they work extensively with every bike manufacturer, frame manufacturer to perfectly tune it for that bike's kinematics, Mm. uh, which is pretty cool. No one else does it to that level, which is what's always set push apart. Right. On top of, you know, USA made and coil and all that stuff. It looks like
2: part of the uppers might be out of carbon. It's hard to tell from these photos. The crown is definitely machined alloy. Yeah, but it looks like there could be some carbon, so they might be getting down on weight. Um, one thing that is not said anywhere is whether it is a coil or air, because their eleven sixes are all coil. Yeah, so I was thinking the same thing. And they make thing. a lot of coil inserts for. It Fox could be a hybrid yeah. It could be hybrid. I I would guess that it is going to be some type of hybrid coil. Basically suspension with a pump, an air chamber for the ramp up Mm. in the, in the control.
0: Yeah. I was going to say, or at least like a dual chamber, like those EXT forks
2: and like Ohlins forks. Could be that as well. So yeah, I'm not, uh, not sure, but yeah. Lots to unpack there.
1: It could be the innovation that the mountain bike fork market is ready for, whereas I think something the mountain bike fork market was not ready for was linkage forks. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Well, and... Such as Trust Performance, which I I don't know. It's hard to say. So the story of Trust Performance, uh, if you're curious, it's actually a really amazing story. We made a YouTube video about it. It was our first YouTube video that went over a million views, which is pretty cool. Mm -hmm. And man, that was a wild and interesting and cool product that performed amazingly well. Um, but yeah, you know, the looks were polarizing. The price was polarizing. The company eventually went out of business, um, right around when COVID got crazy in spring of 2020. But anyways, yeah, I just, you know, I it think was, the it was a little wild on the look side, whereas this inverted yeah. fork situation does not. I, I mean, no. looks yeah, cool. these, looks cool. these
2: images look pretty darn good. They do look pretty good. Um, I don't think push would put out anything at this point that isn't pretty darn good. Yeah. Um, Just because they've been so dialed with their eleven six shocks, you know. Yeah. So
1: yeah, everyone has a lot of faith in that brand for good reason. For sure,
2: they've they actually did tease a inverted or a linkage fork two or three years ago, Mm -hmm. maybe even a little longer. And I know after talking to people at Push for years and working with them that they've been working on a fork for a very very long time.
0: Yeah, I remember hearing that as well yeah
2: so yeah it's cool cool to see
0: <clears throat> yeah i think the problem with the trust fork was that yes it was expensive but it wasn't expensive enough to warrant the additional dollars or like rather the performance wasn't good enough like over a fox 38 or you know what you're trying to that, say is that
1: it worked 10 percent better but it costed 80 percent more
0: not only that but maybe it worked 10 percent better in some situations but not
1: others yeah you know like, i know and the way it worked was yeah like was those debatable. S-
0: square edge hits like coming straight on like yeah but if you're like those situations you're talking about like coming off like a manual or like you know you land back tire first and then like yeah, front that's, wheel like that's where it would be harsh. it yeah. was super harsh um yeah. whereas if the push fork you know obviously it's going to be a premium price but it might offer performance where it's justified but will it work better
2: than my intend fork
0: we do not know Mm -hmm. Well, Mm -hmm. all
2: the inverted fork manufacturers send us all your inverted forks and we'll do a shootout (laughs) and tell you which one works best.
0: That's a great idea, Liam. We should do an inverted fork shootout.
1: Pretty much only two or three that are (laughs) legitimate at the moment. Can you still get a Manitou
2: Dorado? Or is that what it is? Yeah, but that's just a downhill fork. So it's a totally different category. And it's like a decade old of technology. So
0: yeah.
1: Least but not last, the Fox Float SL, a new weight weenie approved cross-country rear shock from Fox and a few other minor changes to the Fox Float rear shock lineup. Um, wow. I don't know. Do you think
0: that it is going to be, I guess we could probably Shockingly find out. Shockingly different? <laughs> yeah. It's lighter. that's where you going. No, that is good. I, I didn't even go there in my head, but I appreciate you thinking that ad joke for me um i was wondering if it's lighter than the sid shock and if that would be enough for you to be like oh my gosh it's like 10 grams lighter do i have to change it now
1: mm.
0: you know now yeah. you're thinking
1: i haven't dug in deep enough to see if it's in the same size compared to the sid the rock because that
0: sid lux shock t- is light
1: 235 for the oh foxflow sl oh here we go uh, so my favorite bike to ride the Revel Ranger that I ride, I guess, just most often because um, I'm just doing general light trail overall standard mountain biking, mountain biking, mountain biking, uh, 120 mil travel in front, 115 in the back. I got the RockShox Sid fork and shock on there now, and it's super lightweight and works good. And I like that. Mm. And yeah, Fox didn't really have a direct competitor. I mean, just the DTS,
0: but it wasn't like, yeah. I I mean, once the Sid Lux, they came out with that. It was like, Mm -hmm. you know, that was kind of like the best performing lightweight rear shock. Is it lighter, Liam?
2: As claimed weights from Fox and then a quick Google search, it is 20 grams lighter. Wow. The Fox is Mm -hmm. lighter than the RockShox. Oh my god! Yeah, but what
1: about the... What about the comparable 120 mil travel fork? I believe oh, Fox be is a already a 30, 34 step
0: cast.
2: step cast. I believe currently the 34 step cast is a little lighter than the Sid.
0: <laughs> oh gosh. Are you going to able to sleep um, tonight? <laughs>
2: this might be the end of the
1: podcast. <laughs> Jeff, Jeff might leave <laughs> right some now. Stuff. to think about. You must be able to drop like a hundred grams off that bike. And that's, I don't oh. honestly know if I want that bike any lighter. It's kind of already light enough. Oh, get out of
0: here. It the, 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 says the weight weenie. It says himself. the weight weenie. Like you were like the king of
1: the weight Maybe. Babies. I hey, make the suspension lighter and I'll I change the tires up a little. I don't know if
2: <laughs> I don't know if Jeff is the king because there's certainly like,
1: oh, dude. I'm not even remotely close to the yeah. king. I know. just just, like a knight in the weight weenie army yeah (laughs) yeah. i wouldn't even say a knight i'm a pawn i'm a pawn on the front of the weight weenies i'm I'm definitely i'm I'm still on the side but i'm not you know i'm I'm not not a notable figure yeah you're not down the rabbit hole (laughs) definitely not a notable
0: figure i want to know who the king is then
2: danger oh yeah yeah. that's true he is the king i'd I'd crown him the king yeah for
0: sure Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. Maybe you're like the commander-in-chief then or something. I don't know. I don't know if that's the <laughs> president. A pawn. Right? Or the general <laughs> of the it's Whitney just an ally. Right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's, that's hilarious. Yeah. All
1: right. First listener question. Is there a particular brand of chain lube that Jeff uses to make his hair so awesome? Ooh. <laughs> what is it? Uh, I just don't wash my hair. It's just... All natural
2: All, natural. All natural.
0: I was gonna say like rock and roll because that just kind of goes with your
1: vibe. I would never put any type of chain loop in my hair. I don't even put chef. <laughs> chef doesn't in my put anything in there in his hair. Just wash it with water and go on with my life. Wash it with water or his body. You are like hair. Wash com- it with water. <laughs> hair product company is like worst nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> we can't sell him anything. <laughs> I just, I just have, uh, you know, genetically poofy blonde hair. Genetically perfect hair. <laughs> I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say it's perfect. <laughs> no, it's far from thanks, genetically bro. perfect. Yeah, right. I would rather have cool, His, luscious brown locks like you, Jared. Oh, thanks.
2: Yeah. His hygiene yeah. is genetically Although you acceptable. have to wash your hair more because you're...
1: <laughs> I do. You're in a greasy Italian. It's a double-edged sword. <laughs> <laughs> How about totally this one? Want.
0: Has... Any company or individual created a way to bypass headset cable routing that doesn't involve drilling holes in a brand new frame or running cables on the outside of a frame set up to not have any cable showing. I'm currently building a new Common Salt Tempo with a RockShox Ultimate Pike. I've got XX1 access. Blah, blah, blah. That's really... He wants to not use his headset cable routing. Well, the end, he does oh, say. He wants to be able to spin the bars freely.
2: Yeah. My buddy who's building it has had enough brake line for one full rotation and a quarter rotation in case of crash, wanting or wanting to do X-ups or something along those lines.
1: So, just for quick reference, a lot of bike brands, for God knows what reason, stop are, doing it. Please stop. <laughs> Literally, everyone, like thousands of people in the comments, people. I don't know. I don't I have no idea why. I but, haven't
0: seen a single like positive reinforcing yeah. comment about like oh i just
1: yeah, love this. Really. no really so the they're routing the cables mostly the rear brake cable um well all the cables if you have more than that yeah, uh, shifter underneath the headset dropper, underneath the stem in the front and, and, and yeah brake. it's just it's just a hassle and has a lot of downsides uh and i mean so much so that someone's asking a question of how to get around it and it's just crazy that that question is being answered um, yeah. yeah well so it's a common saw it's aluminum you could drill a hole in that frame. You could, yeah. You a little, avoid the crap out of your warranty. Crazy to do
2: that. Uh, um, yeah, didn't I you know, do I've, that once? I've drilled holes in Jeff's oh, yeah. bikes for internal cable routing. Drilled yes, holes in frames. And how do you like do um, it? Well, because back it, in the day, when it turn out when like looking things, good.
1: Yeah. Um,
2: a half day of my time
1: yeah use a dremel on <laughs> a some rubber and yeah, yeah. It's oh you can actually put yeah well, i guess I, you just I take would, grommets like from another exactly
2: and, i would just match another internal grommet mm-hmm. from you know a yeti or something and then just cut the hole the same size but um for this dude or gal or we whoever,
1: cannot advise that people with um, in their feet I yes, think legally <laughs> yeah I, th- I think one but we have done it
2: don't drill a hole in your brand new tempo because that is a really awesome bike besides the internal headset routing. Um, Two, I don't don't really know, like, if you're trying to do bar spins or X-ups, like, it might not necessarily be the correct bike for that. Hmm. Um, It's kind of like a short travel bike, but... Grab yourself a dirt jumper. Yeah. The other side is you don't really need to make your cables long because that is the one, probably the only nice thing about internal... headset headset routing and you can make your cables really short because they don't have to wrap around in a crash they just go into your steers so they don't like yeah buy anything and a lot of those bikes also have a basically a a stopper on the crown race so you can't actually do full spins so i know forestall uses that and they have a stopper so you can go more than downhill fork but you can't actually like Get the bars even 90 degrees to the frame. Stop mm-hmm. at maybe 75, 80 degrees. Yeah. So I don't know if you can actually even do that.
1: Long story long. That's true. Sorry, man. Yeah.
2: Non, long story long, no. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. There's not really a way around it. And or that's eat. just kind of where this yeah. industry is going. And, with and that, please we, stop doing this, brands. We go cry no in the
1: bathroom and take a short intermission. No one's asking
2: for this.
0: And now, a word from our sponsors.
1: Hello, friends. Jeff again. Just a quick note, if you're enjoying our content and want to support us, we would really appreciate it. There's a few ways you can do it. Uh, Not only shop at WorldwideCyclery.com for all of your mountain bike goodies, but also there's a couple brands. One that we own outright, which is Kettle Mountain Apparel, and another one that we co-founded called Trail One Components kettle mountain apparel we make some really good mountain bike specific pieces as well as good adventure travel wear. trail one components we are making the mountain bike parts that we have always wanted and we're designing them ourselves with a really talented engineer Uh, if you check out either either of those brands we would genuinely appreciate it and if you go to their websites so it's either ketlmtn.com or trail1.bike use the code podcast25 and you can snag 25% off your order at either trail1 or kettle we'd really appreciate it that's it that's all. Thank you. And now back to the show. And now
0: back to the show.
1: This next question is not really a question. Well, sort of. It says, damn it, people stop doing blank to your bike.
0: Mm. Mm. One thing that that I see that's somewhat questionable and I and I don't know what to say if it's like a preference thing, but I see some people running, you know, like rear specific tires in the front, like an aggressor.
2: Yeah, that is misleading though, because technically DHRs are right. geared towards rear, but they're amazing front tires. But you could use it as a front. It's but that like being said, order. the aggressor is a rear tire and is not amazing as a front.
0: No. Mike says rear specific on the Maxis website. Rear tire. hmm. Jeff, is there anything you want people you think people should stop tune to their bikes?
1: Hmm. You know, I I think the the first thing that popped into my head was I sometimes see these really nice, well-built mountain bikes. All the colors match. Everything looks great. And then there's just completely obscure, unmatched, weird-color pedals.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Like a a perfectly nice-looking stealth bike, you know, with Kashima and then just orange pedals Mm. or highlighter yellow pedals. I don't know. I'm just... I don't really like that, but you <laughs> yeah.
0: know, that's just me. Personal it's like preference, my, It's like my opinion, I'm, man. It's like your opinion, man. I'm
2: gonna go with a tech and say stop mix matching drivetrain brands. Mm.
1: Yeah, I don't know why people like to do that. Like, like especially the SRAM It was yeah. So good. yeah a lot
2: of so people were on the SRAM mono scary. and I'm just like, no, like stop doing that. Yeah, man. yeah. I got another one actually,
0: but <laughs> it's not so much a stop doing, but start. <laughs> Like, when I see a really nice bike, like you said, it's perfectly dialed, but then, like, the cables are like a rat's nest. Yeah. Oh, yes. That like, takes oh. a good
2: mechanic, yeah. At least a little yeah, bit of that is a, some zip ties. That is you a know? personal pet peeve of mine and yeah. why I've made a major major point of any bike that we build out of worldwide has good-looking cables. Yeah. Yeah. Neat Tables. I also
1: don't like when people spend the money and time to install a, like a clear protection kit, like a ride wrap kit mm-hmm. or something on their frame yeah. and they just do a really poor job and then there's those creases and the creases get filled with dust mm. and then they just seem to not care. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I care. Yeah. That, uh, honestly, that happens to me
0: because like, like ah, you know, I actually do put a lot of time. Put
1: it on correctly or fix it if it's creased or just don't put it on. Yeah.
0: I just, that happens <laughs> to me, though. Like I'll, I'm upset about it. I get those kits from Yeti Like when on you know, my latest bike, and I put it on. I spend a lot of time doing it. And then so still the, did the corners lift up. Yeah, I guess I still did it wrong. Mm-hmm. Corners lift up. Like, I probably should use more of a heat gun and got them. But now I'm just going to have to redo it someday or something. No, I always do. Ugh. Yeah. Jeez. But thankfully, it's not like a whole ride wrap. It's not like a like yeah, an Invisiframe. It's, like it's just all like all over the bike. Yeah, yeah it's mm-hmm. just like on the chainstay and the seatstay. Like in
1: certain colors of bikes, oh. white bikes, when there's dust oh, underneath yeah. all the creased uh, ride wrap, it's so bad, cringe. You know, ugh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. All right. Well, now
0: that we're all cringed out. Yeah. Okay. Next question. Next question. I would like to know what character traits you look for in a chamois when designing and testing a product such as the Kettle Mountain. Canyon Bibs and what is the Shammy testing protocol for this Josh from the Trail Effect
1: podcast Trail Effect okay well diversion Trail Effect podcast spelled A-E right no effect E-A, E-A. A. Ugh, Jiminy Crickets E-A I messed it a up Sports the last time I talked about game. Josh's podcast <laughs> if you're interested in uh, if you're interested in trail building and trail networks uh, that is an epic podcast to listen to he interviews a bunch of trail builders and people who maintain trail networks and things like that so With that said, Josh, to answer your question, I wish it was extremely more scientific. Uh, On the kettle side, we use an Italian-made chamois that's got four densities. And I don't know, there's just like little things about what makes a chamois good. One thing that I think makes a chamois good is that the padding does not go in front of your twig and berries. Does that make sense? Like, you you, you don't need padding there. Right. But a lot of chamois, like... Just they just like the whole, their whole co- all coverage. They just put it and then your then your twig and berries get all smashed up. Mm. You don't want that. So no. like the one we use in the kettle, you you do need something there to wick moisture and sweat because there's definitely sweat there. But you don't need padding there. You need the padding on the sit bones mm-hmm. and maybe the taint, the, mm-hmm. gooch, the gooch. As some people might call mm. it the taint, um, the trench, the perineum. Mm-hmm. And then so the one that's also used in the in the kettle bib has got a. Uh, a polyamide, like a really soft polyamide that touches your skin, which feels nice. And then all below that is, is a, is a poly blend of fabric. So it wicks moisture way better. Um, so I don't know, little things like that make a chamois good and comfortable. And, uh, I think that's why that's such a good product for kettle and why so many people have tried it and really enjoy it. I mean, obviously the pockets on that bib and just overall design, a lot of other little things make it good, but yeah, I don't know. That makes a bib good. What do you think makes a bib good? Um, or I mean, chamois I, good. Yeah,
2: uh, yeah, it's two different questions.
1: Um, yeah, I mean,
2: I think there's two things. One, a brand new chamois kind of always feels awesome, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, unless they're like, I've run some chamois from like race chamois, and they're like, they're crap. They're so thin, like too thin. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. yeah so they might as well not be there. Um, but I also think a chamois that doesn't deteriorate super fast, and some do. And the kettle one, I mean, I still have kettle bibs from. Before we own kettle, yeah, yeah, So Same. like Everyone's four years, several years. Yeah. years old, yeah, yeah. They hold up. You get so. what you pay for,
1: yeah, yeah. Like a, a, any type of cycling short or chamois short or chamois bib, like you get what you pay for. Yeah, the time. Like if a more higher quality, well made chamois out of good fabrics and materials lasts so much longer and just works better throughout. So yeah, not something to skimp on.
0: Yeah, No. but uh, yeah, that's that's my favorite bib I've used. I mean, not biased at all, but. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, but honestly, any of my riding friends who ride anything from you know whatever other brand, they always ride kettle, and they're like, "This is actually like my favorite bib." Yes, yeah. So, yeah, people are in yeah. love
1: with that thing. They're diehards. They're lifers. Lifers, nice. which also means we can't really change it. No, no not if too much. Had, if we wanted to do something, we'd have to introduce a different product, which yeah. like change that one because people are specialized. On change it. their totally
2: fine. their swap bib or their mountain bike bib, and they made it worse, and people. Really don't like it, so. Oh, that wow. also happened with a lot of their shoes, too. Dude, they go so, like, sometimes they nail it on their apparel, and then they just, like, change it. And it's like, why'd you change a good
1: thing? Yeah. You
2: know, so good. And now, like, no one wants it. Mm. I know, you
1: know. I know I heard some, some rumblings of rumors over at uh, Fox Racing Apparel that because they have such turnover in staff... And because they kind of are always under pressure to release new stuff and hit numbers, they just change stuff for yeah. the sake of changing it and saying, hey, this is new. Please buy it. Wow. Um, I'm not a fan of that business strategy. No. Uh, I'm more a fan of make something really good, keep it in the line, uh, always repair it for life. Like, that's the strategy we put behind Kettle. And, yeah, it's just different. So, Jeez. Anyways, more uh, – I guess that's, that's not a weight weenie question, really, right? This next one? No. No, not really. Just a bike OCD particular
2: question. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah.
0: How about Mr. Efficiency Jeff shares a spreadsheet template where he tracks all of his bike settings and such? I bet a bunch of people would use a similar spreadsheet component and maintenance tracker.
1: Well, um. I used to maintain that sheet a lot more, and essentially all I did was I just had... Uh, specifically noted down what my exact saddle height was with varying different lengths of cranks. And I had, uh, every new bike I got, I would record what suspension was on there and then what my final pressures ended up being. And I would maintain it a lot more. It was mostly just for reference for saddle height and reference of suspension. Um, I don't know. And in other little details that I would maintain and I would add photos to it and things like that. I, I did used to spend a lot more time maintaining that sheet and I don't as much anymore, <laughs> Uh, because, uh, I got Liam, he's this guy here and (laughs) he's a super talented bike builder and he kind of took over that sheet and just making sure things were dialed. And, uh, I don't know. I've tried to, I've tried to have less OCD these days compared to 10 years ago. You're definitely getting better. Mm -hmm. Good on you, man. Yeah. Thanks bro. (laughs) Good good progress. (laughs) My bikes are still dialed Uh and I still take a lot of time to set them up. But the, the other thing too, is that um i don't know i'm not fiddling with them as much at this point i for the most part know what i like and know how i like the setup to be and yeah i'm not i'm not playing around and testing as much with my own bikes that i ride a lot um yeah i don't know and stuff has gotten better too i almost feel as if you know you go back 10 years and you had to really just like test like volume spacers pressure different seals like all these different weird little things to get it to work the way you wanted it. But nowadays, a lot of stuff out of the box just works way better. Yeah. It's just a lot easier to set up. So bikes have come a long way and set up convenience and
2: ease. For sure. However, I do have a suspension settings spreadsheet that I use for all my bikes. And I think I might even put Jeff's in there. Nice. Yeah. I don't know if I can like, I guess I can figure out a way to make that in an Excel file and kind of like put a link somewhere. Yeah, we could like duplicate it, make it a Google a Google spreadsheet and yeah. share it. So maybe I'll, use it maybe I'll work want. on that.
1: It's it's less about the the sheet and more about just the discipline to take notes. It is. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. figure things out and then take notes and write them down in one place and know where that note is.
2: And, and make a change, one change at a time. Don't yeah. add compression, add volume spacer, and add pressure. Like you have to do one of those and then do a run or multiple runs and then do one more change and do multiple runs. It's not... Like, uh, there's a reason why there's professional world test world cup riders who test for months because it's, it's not easy yeah. and it's a lot of little changes to get, you know, the best setup. So, yeah.
1: And you don't have to be that extensive and that intricate unless you're a world cup racer, but it True. is helpful to write your settings down and take note of stuff and be organized with your bike setup. That certainly doesn't hurt and is a good thing for people to adopt and learn because you can get a lot more out of your bike and your ride and fun having if your bike is dialed in and your tires have the right pressure and your suspension set up right for you and your saddle's at the right height and, you know, the simple things in life.
0: Yeah. The simple things. Here's a little more of a simple question. Can I try different brake pad compounds on the same rotor without any performance issues or should I scuff them
2: up in between? Scuff them up in between. Mm Mm-hmm. More detail.
1: Scuff them up with what and how, please. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, someone's going to take a bunch of uh, greasy steel wool to their rotors and uh, explain. I recycled steel. <laughs> I
2: personally use drywall screen. Um, I like the what would you call it? The roughness of it. Um, it also has kind of coarseness. The coarseness. It also the grit. has grit.
0: Ooh, yeah. okay. jinx! All right.
2: Um, it also has holes, so. Uh, material can fall through it. Um, You can use like a very uh, coarse sandpaper as well, like 80, 100 grit roughly. Um, But I like the drywall screen Um, and then always clean them with alcohol. Never put alcohol directly on any brake part. I always put it on a lint-free rag and then wipe down the rotor um, after I do that. Um, So you can change pad compounds. I know it sounds ridiculous, but like I try to stay... One pad compound on one rotor, and if I have a need to change, then I'll change the rotor. Yeah. It's probably not reasonable for most people, but yeah. I don't really change pad compound. No. Yeah. Usually yeah. it's like metallic. Yeah, code, I just kind of run metallics on everything. Yeah.
1: We've got a pretty dialed in article and YouTube video about uh, metallic and organic and pros and cons and where they work differently, but yeah, I don't know. Unless yeah. you're having, you know, issues with the, Compound you currently have and what came with the brakes. I don't know. Then you probably don't need to change.
0: Yep. True so. that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Speaking of change, love the podcast, guys. Always wondered what the Rock Shocks Lyric Fork was named after. Liam's got to know this one. Also, Contis are hard to find in the casing size compound I'd like. Any thoughts, recommendations on a Vitoria setup along the lines of Cryptotol front and Zynotol rear for aggressive trail riding?
2: Well, that's two questions.
0: That is two questions. That's a two-parter. Two-parter. So, first part. First part. Liam, uh, you've got you got to know what the lyric is named after.
2: I do not know, and I don't know if RockShox knows. <laughs> um, the Pike and the Zeb are both named after Zebulon Pike. The Explorer. Who, the Explorer, who explored a lot of stuff around Pike's Peak, which is where Shocks. Suspension headquarters is based in Colorado Springs, Colorado. Yes. Uh, the lyric, I'm not sure. There's not really any info on it. Jared said he did some research and found some marketing punchline about it. And um, I think they just like music over there. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And then, uh, yeah, very the lyrical. Yeah. And then, yeah, also the SID. I don't know where the SID's from either. So, uh, not sure about that. I'm not sure if it really matters. Um, because the lyrics are great for, and I have one on my rail two nine. Second one, um, we are working on getting more Conti's, So that's the first part of that. Because uh, they're
1: those and, tall, and it is happening. Those continental tall. mountain bike tires been blowing up in popularity yeah. and they're starting to become more readily available in the various different sizes, and compounds, etc. And then more v- little variations of that are becoming available too. And we're kind of constantly Correct. getting stock and new listings posted to the site. So, so we're working happened. on that. Uh, Victoria, I'm not really sure. What's the... They I don't have, really know the Victoria line. They Yeah, have Victoria's like... Ex- I mean, I, I don't I even see. know the last time. Saw, the last time not, I saw one of those was when I went to Sea Otter three years ago. Like I just... They're super, um, yeah. Super unknown, unused, rarely well used in the U.S. I mean, I, th- I think they're a big. There are big brand in hey, Europe, but hey, Jared, was that a
2: email question? Yes, we'll get back to you in email. Yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we wow. suck at both these answers. Why did we, why did we put this question in here? Well, don't we don't have an answer we either.
0: We knew Victoria
2: tires. I guess the Mazda looks good. I what think the Mazda is kind of like in the Mota. Yeah. Maza and yeah, Mota, probably. I think those are kind of the two aggressive, oh, more aggressive says ones. Mota is for wet terrain.
0: Martellos is for mixed terrain. No. Um, looks like the most aggressive ones for mixed terrain will be Maza and Martello. So Martello, Martello, I don't know. Gotcha. There you go. But yeah, we will do a little more research, to get back to you on that one, I guess. Whoops. <laughs> Whoops. 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 This question is of great importance. How long will it be until we have dedicated compartments for food on bikes. On a real note, I think that a small sealed compartment for goo or gummies in the top tube by the headset would be amazing for longer rides and stuff. I've tried the burrito and the down tube, and I'm still cleaning out rice from my frame. I love your stuff. And I'm going to be joining the B team this season. My friend Beck is on it and he
2: loves it. You will fit right in with the B team, sir.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the, B, the B team is a uh, amateur enduro race team on the East coast. That we sponsor. Uh, a good friend of mine runs it. It's it's a bunch of goofballs that race bikes and have fun and have a great time. And uh, yeah. Yeah. No, it's not much more to say. I wish I was on the B team. Check them out. Google it. You, you won't think they would let me on? They would love to you have you on. on. Dude. That'd be awesome. But yeah. you'd have to do races and They've, go there. Yeah. And They've begged for us to, to come to, the, out. Fly to the East Coast no to hell. do their races that they, they've all begged for us on. to come
2: out to do an enduro race with them
1: if you yeah. do any enduro racing on the east coast you're not going to miss the b team well we'll um, have to do one of these days well, shout out to the b team answer this
2: question on a mountain bike it's hard, hard. Mm. on a road bike they make little baggies you pop on there yeah like for, a top two for bag food yeah stuff like that yeah um, I mean, you could get
0: like a strap on top two bags it's not going to look very good but yeah. i mean
1: Sounds like this gentleman just needs to buy a bib that's got rear pockets yeah, so he oh, put his stuff in. Man. I don't
2: know who makes one. Hmm, weird. Or
1: just any pockets just I
2: don't know. Yeah. Um, or like lick I will them and say, stick them, right? Like, or when I was racing the... XC, I used to electrical tape a goo to my top tube yeah. and then I'd just oh, rip it off that, yeah. and it would already be opened. Really? As I rip it. Yeah. Well, that's Oh, like, you you would like tape it to the tape thing the that top you top part in. Oh, yeah. yeah. Wow. Full racer status. Jeez. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Gosh. Man. Um so you could do that, dude, um, or I don't know, maybe just put use a ziploc to put your burrito in the ziploc and then in your downtube compartment, and rice won't go everywhere.
0: Yeah, or put your snacks in there. But if you are trying to like keep riding and eat, like if you've I got guess... a bunch
1: of rice around your spindle and bottom bracket right now on the inside of your frame, you are a perfect fit for the B Team. <laughs> <laughs> maybe even some beans. Uh, have you seen Uno's in frame situation? like their whole uh, compartment inside the frame. That's all like a leather bag sealed. That's nice. It's leather. I mean, it's probably not real leather. It's probably (laughs) leather, but but it looks really cool and well done. And it would prevent rice from falling out and everything. They so haven't
0: made it some like designer I, Spanish. I
1: actually like the idea of, you know, kind of in that lower part of the frame and underneath the water bottle where you can store stuff inside yeah. of there, mostly for tools and whatnot, since you don't use those as often. Definitely. Nutrition and stuff. I'm just always going to keep in my yeah. bib pockets or something. I, I did
2: actually get a Evoc frame bag. Yeah. That I'm going to run this summer on the trips. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can get less stuff off my back and that will be able to fit probably like a spare tube and tool and like, a sandwich and some gummies and stuff, yeah. And that I'll be able to reach while riding. It's a little frame bag that has a little zipper, yeah. Um, where it makes, does it, it go on cool. the frame? Like it wedged up and kind of right behind the head tube junction. Mm-hmm. It looks really clean. And the one I got, I don't know what size I got. I think I got a small one, but it fits really well on both my rail 29 and my SP 120. So nice,
1: nice, yeah. It'll be nice, sweet. Yeah, it's definitely it pretty sweet. a Good solution to
0: it. Yeah, there's a bunch of different little bags and things you can get. Some more aesthetically pleasing than others. I mean, I would probably just put another breed on the down two, man. You've already committed once; so just keep on doing it. <laughs> <laughs> stuff in the burritos <laughs> Or maybe a, so grab PB&J. a Yeah, Got something a like that. Uh, this is more of a this last one's more of a comment than a, a uh, question. This was regarding our um, last podcast where we were super confused regarding the. Uh, Naming convention for the Continental Tires.
1: Yeah, so Continental Tires, which we were joking about, sound like prescription drugs, Zinitol, Argitol, Cryptitol. Uh, We asked if there was any German listeners, since Continental is a German company, that might have some more context around maybe what – if those names mean anything or have some importance in the German language. And – Here we go.
0: Here we go. Regarding your call in last podcast for German speakers to explain the word naming convention of continental tires, it makes no sense to me either. (laughs) 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 The word tall means valley. I thought that might be the key to cracking the code, but no, I don't understand why they didn't just expand their cross mountain race trail king name of ranges range of names like the dirt king or whatever as a side note the pharmaceutical range of names isn't even the strangest name in their lineup the continental kaiser is actually a thing (laughs) it does make me wonder about the finer details of continental's strategic plan for world domination also you're still saying (laughs) schwabla Schwable.
1: So everybody in Germany says that we say Schwalbe wrong. Um, I say, no, we're not. We're saying it the way you say it in American <laughs> English. Schwable.
2: So, um, I don't know. However, though, sing, uh-huh. we might be on something with the tall means valley because you do ride bikes kind of like from the top of mountain into a valley. Yeah. <laughs> like that That's makes sense. Well, you know? It's funny, actually. Crypto
1: Zino Argo, how does that mean? What does, it, does this mean? Hey, I'm here? not, I'm
2: not there yet. I said we might be on to something. A detective got a little cookie, little and sniff. I'm following the tr- the trail. Okay? Right. The crumb trail. Um, if this
1: does, if those names don't make sense to a German speaker, then they just, they're just,
2: they made them up. They threw
0: how
1: stuff at the rude. wall for
2: those. They
0: just they threw stuff at the wall.
1: You know, good it's tires, also like strange names.
2: I, I had a buddy that just like spent months trying to find like a cool word that didn't mean anything. And he did, and then, then that's now his Instagram name. Like, Google result, nothing came up. Whoa. Cool. So, you know, maybe cool. that's what they did. Maybe yeah. they wanted, you know, cryptotol, Xanitol, Argitol. Yeah,
0: they wanted something know. so unique that nothing would come up when they yeah. Google
2: <laughs> um, It It is pretty
0: funny, though. I looked up, you know, like what the Kaiser meant, and it's like a, the you know the German-Austrian emperor, like, you know, back well, in the day. That's why he says, it "Well, makes yeah, me that's think why I said the that." strategic so it, plan. Yeah, so it actually totally makes sense that continental is going to take over well, the world.
1: If you, it probably meant more that the you know German emperor. Maybe it's like the the emperor of the trail. Oh,
0: <laughs> yes. Well, they had like the Dirk Kaiser, <laughs> right? If, if or, you yeah. if
1: you Google define Kaiser. That's yeah. the first definition is historical, which is right. the German Emperor, the Emperor of Austria, etc. And then the second one is North American, a round, soft bread roll with a crisp oh, yeah, crust made by. <laughs> Maybe that's what they were talking about. <laughs> so oh. You're talking about
0: bread. Yeah, they, they were but talking about company. bread. Oh, oh, we didn't actually mean the emperor. <laughs> well, I love bread, rolls. so yeah. Uh, man funny uh but yeah we love it when people you know reach out to us about stuff that we have yeah thank you for that
1: comment it is honestly awesome that we can mention something such as hey it would be nice if a german speaker could get back to us about the name of these new continental tires and what do you know bam we got that information yeah. so thank you well i'll go, go awesome grill continental it. more at yeah. sea otter yeah. See what's yeah, that's up. a good idea. What's right. up with your name? Yeah, names, but you can't so? ask any of the American staff. Like, they're not going to have any real oh, answers. You you know, talk they to had, them had some Germans like, last Germans. year, and I
2: did. I did tell them right away. I was like, "These names are ridiculous, dude." <laughs> 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 and he looked at me straight face. Like, what yeah. are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> like, "Yeah, what
0: happened here, guys?" <laughs> so good. Uh, speaking of uh, reaching out or like people reaching out and mentioning stuff in previous podcasts, someone did reach out a little while ago um, after we mentioned the. Um, oh my gosh. The people in Pennsylvania, the Amish, um, the Amish. Yes. We were oh, speaking about the Amish. And- no, someone reached out uh-huh. because they actually went to an Amish bike shop, um, you know, in the area and yeah. they had like a wheel built there and they said they do great work. And Dude, I wish I remember the name of the bike shop. Shurks. Is that it? Yeah. Okay. So it's, yeah, they said, I know exactly where Amish it is. It's shop, literally
1: yeah. a famous, I mean, if you're, if you ride mountain bikes in Pennsylvania or road bikes, like, you know, about Shurks, it's, yeah. a, it's a big shop. It's in total Amish country. It's wow. 20 minutes away from any type of normal civilization. <laughs> and it's full blown. Like you go in there, there's all these Amish guys. They, uh, oh, I, I have a lot of funny stories about Shirk's, Because <laughs> I, so when I lived in Pennsylvania in 2009 with Nico and Logan Malali racing bikes out there, we went to Shirk's a few times for various things. And they would do, they would build wheels and rebuild forks for unbelievable prices. Wow. Because there's, There's a lot of other weird economic things going on behind the scenes at Shirks, I suspect and assume, such as (laughs) it's like they're not funded by the bishop or these guys don't – I don't know. Perhaps slave labor. No, No. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) It it, it seems weird because there's way too many people on staff they really yeah yeah it's it's very it's very strange the whole the whole situation but it's a legit shop it's a legit shop it's it's totally disorganized but they they're a trek dealer like it's a it's a real thing wow sell a bunch of bikes it's you can get wheels built there i mean people in pennsylvania will drive an hour just to have their fork rebuilt there and you don't even have to make an appointment for that they'll just do it on the spot because they've got like six guys just sitting there that's amazing charge you 20 bucks no way
0: (laughs) it's it's (laughs) unbelievable
2: That's Maybe, rad. That, that, yeah, was, it's that was a decade Shirts. ago, so it's up to twenty eight bucks. Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> that is so cool. No, it's it is really unique and unusual. Yeah, it's called Shirk's. It's a full blown Amish bike shop, but they have I think some Mennonite staff or New Order Amish because some people do either use a phone there, but some of some of the staff doesn't use the internet. It's, uh, so wow. It's, it's strange, strange but uh, fascinating. that's got to be the one. Equally strange and fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, Yeah. Nonetheless, I'm glad no one was offended by yeah. us talking about Amish mountain bikes. No,
0: nobody was offended. People yeah. just well, reach out and we're like, actually, Amish people do ride bikes. One guy actually sent us a video of a, an Amish guy riding like one of the scooters at Camp Woodward. That was pretty cool. I don't know if you've ever oh, seen that yeah.
1: video. No, I've never seen that. <laughs> <I'll have to laughs> was it those that. Was it real or
2: was it one of those like... Instagram uh, pages. Debatable. Yeah, was it like yeah. one of those? What's that famous Instagram? Okay. Extreme page? Mormons. Extreme Mormons. Like, yeah.
1: I don't know about. If not, yeah. I don't know how real those guys are. are I don't those think those are. Real, are it had are extreme are Mormon kind of vibes to it. Yeah, gotcha. It was pretty funny, though. Yeah. The guy was riding this big wheeled scooter in the skate park, and it was funny. I do love the amount of funny things on the internet. Yes uh extreme mormons is one of them yeah good instagram
0: follow
2: ins- <laughs> <laughs> and those guys actually know how to like ride like and, it's and some skate. Somebody, like, some yeah. of them do they're well, and good. just take risks yeah <laughs> i think i think a lot of it's like UGC. i don't think it's like two guys that yeah, do everything I don't it's I don't always story. new guys yeah i think there's so. yeah just
0: like a collective
2: yeah
1: but um yeah they're they're definitely entertaining yeah there's there's some good funny stuff on the interwebs yeah well, thank you all for listening thus far. We genuinely appreciate it. Uh, if you want to know every time we release a new podcast and or a new YouTube video or any other type of useful mountain bike content, uh, our email list, you can subscribe to that. If you just hit the Worldwide Cyclery website, you'll see a pop-up of Jared in a shower with his bike. And it says, mm-hmm. do you want epic mountain bike content delivered to your inbox? Um, if you don't see that pop-up, just scroll to the very bottom of the site, type in your email there. You'll get notified every time we release good stuff. And uh, yeah, we pretty much... I would say 98% of the time just send good mountain bike, useful content. Oh yeah. 2% of the time we're like, Hey, here's some product recommendations or
0: Hey, we're having a six sale. Mm -hmm. That fork you've been looking at is way cheaper
1: now. Yeah, which we don't do very often. I I think everyone in the whole company like personally despises uh, essentially all of our competitors and most people in the online sales game of any kind that are just blasting out, hey, buy this, hey, look at this, hey, do that. Like there's none of this, none of it's valuable. So we put a lot of pride in making sure we have valuable content, uh, just like this podcast and our YouTube videos. And you can get all of that via your inbox, via email. Today. 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 Sign up now. Sign up now. Get a free gift. Get Not really, gift. though. Yeah. <laughs> the get gift of gift. us. <laughs> Speaking of free gifts, if you do leave Ooh. us a review on Apple or Spotify podcasts, we really appreciate that. If you screenshot that review and you send it to podcast at worldwidecyclery.com, Jared will reply to you and say, Smoochies, here is a $15 off code to the Worldwide Cyclery website <laughs> so you smooches. can get something cool. Should send them all a video.
2: Oh, smoochies.
1: Thanks, oh, yeah. baby. <laughs> uh, yes, All thank right, you. With that, let's get out of here.
0: Yep. <laughs> thank you to everyone.
1: See you guys. Thank you very much. See you Love next you. time. you <laughs>